Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network, presented by Extreme Threads. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. Hey, what's going on, lacrosse fans? Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Boxing Day. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here. On the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, we grow the game one podcast at a time here for Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. Evan, let's get you in right away here. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas, Jake. What did uh, what did Santa deliver you under the tree this season? A Fitbit. Oh. Yeah, I got to get serious about losing this weight, so it's time to, to really get going on it. All right. Well, I, I I guess I probably should have asked for for one of those too. Then. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, what are what are the? I saw Vasily out there. Uh, minus one temperatures, throwing the ball around. Uh, what did the kids get? Oh, uh, a lot of toys. Vasily, for the first time, didn't have anything lacrosse on his list, but I'm sure that's coming up for his birthday. But no, he that kid just loves to practice, and yeah, he didn't get these. Uh, going downstairs there's toys everywhere he's like i'm going outside <laughs> okay it's minus 17 you go ahead <laughs> Unbelievable. yeah he he just went up there for a half hour and just kept tossing the ball around like the kids got so much determination it's amazing good way to good way to stay warm um big show on deck here for boxing day i hope everybody has had a, a great holiday and uh, a couple extra days to chill out before getting back to work i suppose a lot of people kind of just wipe this week off their their schedule and take the entire week off not here on the cross classified we keep it going for you and we got a good one on deck the new captain of the toronto rock challen rogers will join the program and from the newly donned nll flash tyson geik will be on the show i know both those guys are back in ontario it's kind of strange because challen is actually from bc's from coquitlam but spends his time in oakville obviously and Tyson Geik, who is from Ontario as well, but is actually working out in BC and Comox at a radio station, but has gone home for the holidays. So we'll catch up with both of those guys back in Ontario today. And lots to talk about as well off the top here. Uh, week two action is in the books. We'll look ahead to week three as well. Why don't we start, uh, we won't spend too much time on it because we're going to talk to Challen about it, Evan, but why don't we start with Toronto and Buffalo. Uh, by the way, you picked Buffalo in that game. I picked Toronto <laughs> in that game, just so we're clear on that off the top. Um, 17-12 Bandits in that one, and Pretty close most of the way through, and then Toronto just kind of pulling away in the end of that one. Uh, yeah, and you thought early on Buffalo was just going to roll. They, you know, they had four goals in the opening five minutes, and it, it looked lopsided. Thomas Hogarth had a hat trick in the opening quarter. Uh, Toronto just wasn't getting their shots on target. Buffalo was, but you look back. I look back at the game a second time, trying to decipher it. One of the keys here really was that in those opening four goals, three of them were off rebounds. And Buffalo was getting that position uh, behind the Toronto defense. As soon as they shut that off, Buffalo's goals just 
disappeared. They only had two in the second quarter, one in the third. That seemed to change everything pretty quickly. Uh, by the same token, on Buffalo's side, if you watch it closely, first off, Buffalo was not pressing out on defense. They were allowing Toronto to fire from 25 feet, and Toronto was just killing them on it. And then after every goal, you would see the defense and Vince talking. And it wasn't just one-offs. It was every time. This defense just does not seem in sync, and they've allowed now 32 goals over two games. Yeah, that's that's got to be concerning for for Richie Kilgore, John Tavares, Rusty Kruger, and company there in Buffalo. But listen, Link, we know Matt Vince has a ten- tendency to maybe start seasons a little bit slow. He's a veteran of this league, and, and he's going to figure it out, as will these Buffalo Bandits. I think there's too much talent on that back end. you got a leader like Steve Priolo that is, is going to turn this ship around. And for, for a lot of nights, I think they'll be able to outscore their problems. They they didn't do that against Toronto. No Dane Smith in the lineup for that. And you're right, they were clicking along early and then just kind of dried up. And I think you got to give Matt Sawyer and company some credit there for making some adjustments. But I think it's going to take a little time for Matt Vince and the defense to kind of mesh together, figure out what they want. And I know we're only two games in here and Buffalo's kind of on the panic button already. I think they just need to slow down a little bit and, and let them kind of come together here a little bit. But let's let's give Toronto some credit here, Evan. I mean, 17 goals, their opening game of the season. They do it on a road and on the road in hostile territory in Buffalo against one of their big rivals. Um Took, he, took Tommy Schreiber a little time to warm up, but uh, once he got that shot going, uh, he looked really good, and and some other nice pieces around that Toronto offense as well. Yeah, Adam Jones looked really good. Yeah, uh, at the end of the day, you know, they finally got their shots on target. They, at the point that it was 5-1 Buffalo, Toronto had four shots on goal. That's how bad the opening portion was. But you take a look at the other side, uh, what was it? Sean Evans had 10 missed shots. So you don't expect this kind of thing from Buffalo, but it's a defense that really, they had to focus on at this stage to get moving forward. And I think they'll do that. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that Buffalo defense as we move along. Um, let's get to game number two. And this was actually a game that I attended, which was, First of all, really weird to just attend a lacrosse game in Vancouver as a fan and not actually be working it. But with that said, I actually really kind of enjoyed my experience just kind of taking in a a game as a National Lacrosse League fan. It's been a while since I've had a chance to do that. So um, general thoughts off the the performance of Vancouver Calgary, we'll get to that. But uh, the pregame experience... They rent really kind of Vegasy, if that's a word, Evan, uh, with the pregame show. They had the fire spinner and uh, all sorts of lights and bells and whistles going off. Um, what did you think? Yeah, it was it was very much a Golden Knights type of operation. Which actually, you know what? That's a good thing because you know, as much as some people say they're ripping the colors off the Golden Knights and everything like that, you know what? What works works. And you use it to your advantage. So, you know, yeah, quite the show. A little disappointed in all the empty red seats I saw down the bottom bowl. But, you know, that'll come with time. Yeah, I, I they announced 99.02, I believe. They were nowhere near that mark. And I 
I really hope Vancouver doesn't become one of the teams that really fudges their attendance numbers. I know they, they want to portray good numbers and, and good attendance and all the rest of it, but when you're kind of skewing the scale that much, it's it's not a good look. I, I put it probably around, I want to say 65, 7 at best. It was nowhere near 9,900, and we don't need to dwell on the attendance in Vancouver. I think, you know, it being right before Christmas, it being kind of the first game, they still, they were a little slow getting out of the gates in their marketing department. I One thing I w- will say is that, they need if they're gonna if they offered up like five dollar beers and two dollar food and all that they better keep that where it is if they want to keep fans coming back because I think that was kind of a big attraction for people that were new to the game to come in and check it out and and all that so if they go back to regular prices at Rogers Arena what they charge at Canucks games I think they're going to be in trouble so I'd like to see them keep that portion of things uh, right where it is let's get to the game itself Evan. Um, Calgary again without King without Berg without Dixon you can throw Tyson Bell in there as well but as we talked about a week ago here on Lax Class Christian Del Bianco got back to his old self and he looked really good Calgary took a little while to get going but they went on a, a big run to start the third quarter and kind of never looked back and kind of stepped on the throats of the Warriors who kind of looked like the Warriors that everybody expected to see this season yeah, what was it, 6-3 at one stage for the Warriors. And, uh, you know, once again, a little concerning. It's, you know, it's Calgary missing something. But then they went for seven straight at that stage. Uh, here's here's the one key that I pointed out last week, and it, it came evident again this week. Last week, Vancouver had eight penalties in the opening half. Got absolutely killed. They took nothing in the second half in that game in Calgary, made the comeback. At the point they were up 6-3, they had one penalty. They took eight, I believe it was eight in that final quarter alone. They shot themselves in the foot. They didn't give themselves a chance to get back in that game. And that discipline really has to be worked on. I mean, one of them wasn't their fault. It was the fans tossing socks onto the field. But, <laughs> yeah, how about that? You know. <laughs> how about that, my man, Donnie Andrews, who's the PA announcer there in Vancouver and does a wonderful job. But uh, kind of, you know, fans are throwing they, – they did a promo more or less for socks for the homeless because it's around Christmas time and people – homeless people need socks to keep their feet warm and all the rest of it. And, and they kind of wanted to introduce the whole sock trick thing of the National Lacrosse League to Vancouver fans as well. But – I think it was like on Dobie's fourth goal or something, and people still had socks in their in their hands and decided to start throwing them on the turf. And a warning came from the PA guy to don't don't throw any more socks or you're gonna get a penalty. And that's like that's like telling a kid to keep his hand out of the cookie jar. I mean, as soon as you tell him that, he's gonna stick his hand in the cookie jar. So socks came flying. Vancouver got an extra penalty. I had to chuckle. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was kind of funny, but. Um, how about Reese Dutch in that game, Evan Schamenauer? Uh Ten points for Dutchie, two goals, eight assists. But Tyler Pace, who played a fantastic game, named first star in that one. That was a little perplexing to me to see a guy put up ten points uh, and not be named first star. But I guess you can kind of do the math on that one with Reese Dutch being a fam- former Vancouver player. And maybe they didn't want to name Reese Dutch first star. No, he's definitely the first star, and we were expecting he was going to try and light it up. Took him a second game to do it, but 
like we talked about with Kurt Malowski, you've got a pissed off Reese Dutch and the first two games of the year, he gets to play his old team. <laughs> you knew something was going to be lit up. You know, Dane Dobie still had a, a big night, uh, seven points. Even Riley Lowen, I believe, got a hat trick. So, uh, you know, they started to get this production from a lot of guys that they're going to rely upon, especially if, you know, Berg and Dixon are going to hold out for a while. They, they're going to need these guys to perform. Absolutely, and uh, perform they did. Uh, young Martell stepping in. Uh, Bushi playing another game as well. And, and, you know, he may not play when those two guys come back, but the experience that he's getting, should one of those guys get injured, uh, will be invaluable later on in the season. Uh, Dan Taylor had a nice game as well for Calgary. So disappointing for the, the Roughnecks to kind of let one slip away in Calgary, but they answer back and get one under their belt to get to one and one. So now the Warriors and Roughnecks both one and one in the Western Division. The other two teams in that Western Division, uh, Saskatchewan yet to play a game. We'll get to them a little later. But Colorado and the San Diego Seals make their National Lacrosse League debut. Both of us, uh, by the way, we both picked Calgary in that in that second game there. So I'm 2-0. and You're 1-1 and at this point. <laughs> we go and both pick the Colorado Mammoth. As I think the rest of the planet really did in this game, Evan Sheminar. And... Man, oh, man, the San Diego Seals, led by Austin Stotts and his nine points in his rookie debut, take down the Colorado Mammoth 17-12, the final in that one. What a performance from Adi and the San Diego Seals. Yeah, he was bulldozing his way through. I mean, eventually teams are going to figure out how to stop him. But I think that may have been the one thing. Well, is, let me stop uh, you right there, Evan, because I've heard somebody else say, you know, they're gonna they're gonna adjust to Austin Stotts. They're gonna figure out ways to stop him. For me, like, and and, and I and I I'm reluctant to start comparing him to certain players. But like, did Colin Doyle ever get figured out? Did teams adjust to John Grant Jr. or John Tavares or Josh Sanders? Like, go down the list because. I think this kid is going to be in that realm when it's all said and done. And sometimes great players are just great players, and you can't adjust them. And now, I'm not saying he's going to go hang up a nine spot every time he hits the floor, but this kid is special. He's he's unbelievably good. And I just don't know if defenses are going to be able to adjust him because he's got the full package when it comes to offense. He can rip from the outside, and he can run you over on the inside and finish on top of the crease as well. There's no real weakness in his offensive game. But, I mean, what he's going to probably see is a lot more doubles and whatnot coming along. Um, And it was interesting to see this whole offense. Like, Dan Dawson pretty much just kind of sat on the outside and, you know, directed the offense, made sure the feeds were going where they needed to go. He wasn't going to factor into the scoring a whole lot. Um, but, but that's perfect know, he, for Dan Dawson. He, did what he that's, needed to do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's double or triple D's new kind of role as an offensive player in the National Lacrosse League. They're not going to rely on him to have his patented swim moves and, and beat three guys uh, to the front of the net and score. I mean, he'll chip in a goal here and now and then, but – He's really the maestro of that that offense and kind of orchestrates things, like you said, from the perimeter. And he's done it his whole career, Evan. He just makes guys around him better. And on the flip side of the coin here, 
perhaps there's got to be a little bit of concern with the Colorado defense. So this could just be a one-off. These guys are pretty good back there, but you can't really pin this loss on Dylan Ward. It, it, the stats look bad, but he wasn't getting a whole heck of a lot of help on most of those goals. You know, I was, I have to say, a, a terribly disappointing effort on on that end of things. Yeah, I listen, I'm not worried about Dylan Ward. I'm not worried about Matt Vince. These are two of the, I want to say, top four goalies on the planet, and they're they're going to get things figured out. Remember, Dylan Ward didn't play summer lacrosse this past season. That was his first game since that playoff loss to the Calgary Roughnecks, um, you know, back in April. So maybe a little rust there, although he's had some practice and training camp under his belt. You can't really simulate live game action. And, yeah, I'm not ready to, to jump on the panic button here yet with, with the Mammoth either. I think – they weren't at their best. They're going to play better, and let's, uh, you know, if, if you're Pat Coyle and company, I think you kind of file this one away, learn from your mistakes, and, and look ahead. You don't want to be dwelling on that game too much because I think they're going to play better here uh, moving forward. And one of the uh, the interesting things, not only in this game but throughout the games, you know, the, the NLL didn't change any rules this year, but they decided they're going to crack down on certain things. You saw a dive call in Austin Stotts. In the Toronto game, you saw a lot of off-ball cross-checks being called. But one of the weird things here was that two of the officials were delayed on their flight. They didn't get there until the second half. And this game, it's to be expected. When you got young officials out there, they're not going to call much. And really not a whole lot got called until the full crew got out there for oh, the second half. That's news to me. I did not hear about that. I did not hear about that. So who was out yeah. there? Who was out there refing before the actual refs got there? It was two local guys. Oh wow! I did. I, yeah, I had no idea about that. Well, I mean, I guess Ian Garrison the, was there, and the other two were locals. Yeah, well, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say this. I mean, Garrison obviously a veteran guy, and he can probably kind of take control of things and be the guy that makes most of the calls. But for me to not notice that, I think is a is a credit to to the officiating crew in its own right, that they did a fine job up until the point when, when the regulars got there. I think we're, you know, I'm happy to see those diving calls. If there's one thing that makes me angry or anything, it's it's a dive. Yeah. And to get one of those called right away just puts an end to that nonsense pretty quickly. I think so, too. And, and what drives me bonkers, like, if it's a dive, it's a dive. You call the dive. Don't call a dive and a trip or a dive and a hold. Like, it can't be both. It's either one or the other. Nothing drives me more crazy than, you know, calling a guy for a dive and then calling the other guy for a trip. Like, it's one or the other. So I'm glad that they just called the dive, and and you're right. I think uh, putting a pin in that right away early in the game, saying we're not going to stand for that kind of nonsense, uh, deters guys from doing it right away. And, and listen, this is not soccer. I don't want to see that garbage um, creep into into the medicine game here and, and have guys flopping and diving and rolling around uh, pretending they're hurt and all the rest of it when they're actually not. And I get that you're you're trying to do what's best for your team and, and get your team a call and a power play, but don't do it like that because that's just disrespecting the sport. Yeah. Um, believe me, I've played hockey in Europe before. It is so horrendous over there. Yeah. I've had to officiate hockey in Europe. It 
it is just one of those things that, like I said, it, that's why it irks me so much because I've seen it far too often. No doubt about it. Uh, so after two weeks of lacrosse action, six games in the books, Evan Schemenauer, you stand at – no, what do we got? You stand uh, at – Three and three. Three and three. I am at four and two. Big one-game lead over Evan Scheminer after two weeks of play. <laughs> and a big week ahead. We'll make our picks uh, near the end of the show. This is really the first year. I've been around the National Lacrosse League since about 07, I would say, involved uh, working with various uh, teams and what have you. And this is really the first year. I'm going to say this on record right now here on Lacrosse Classified. The first year that I've ever really made predictions on a weekly basis. So I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm awful at making predictions. So <laughs> right now, 4-2, and two, I will take that in a heartbeat. And uh, we'll see how the rest is. I'm going to just go out. I'll predict about my predictions. How about this? I'll predict that I'm going to be below 500 by the end of the year. Oh, a couple of years ago, I was so bad, I think. And the IL Indoor guys were so bad, too, that... I actually had a coin flip, so I was going against a coin flip and losing. <laughs> I remember. I remember that. I remember that. All right. Uh, big show on deck here. Thanks for joining us once again on Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. The captain of the Toronto Rock, Challen Rogers, will join us next right after this. Thanks for joining us. Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world. Specializing in lacrosse, they deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. Hey, this is Sean Rogers, the captain of the Toronto Rock, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, growing the game one podcast at a time. Thanks to our friends at Extreme Threads. Fans, don't forget, when your team signs up for an apparel package with Extreme Threads, your coach, your manager, they get a bunch of free stuff. Free stuff! What do you want? All you have to do is mention my name. Visit them at sales at extremethreads.com or you can check out their website at extremethreads.ca. Customize your team with Extreme. Now, joining the podcast here is the new captain of the Toronto Rock Chellen Rogers is on the show. Chell, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Uh, Merry Christmas, man. How was uh, how was your Christmas? I know you didn't get home to to see Mama Rogers, but uh, how did it go? What kind of presents you get? Uh, did you have a good time? What's happening over there in Ontario? Uh, it went well. I actually uh, went out to Montreal um, to go over to my girlfriend's family's. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Got to hang out with them and uh, presents flies. Got some clothes. You know, you can never have too many clothes. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. So let's get into this. Uh, that you're the the youngest captain in the league by quite a bit. Are there any challenges to leading a team, especially when you got a lot of players with a lot more experience than you do in the league? 
you know what? We we have a fairly young uh, younger team, and um, you know, on the team we we obviously have a ton of leaders wearing letters and and not. Um, so you know, for for me, it <clears throat> age really isn't a thing. Um, you know, I just I go to practice, I go to games, uh, and you know, I prepare how you know I've been preparing, and uh, just try to lead by example. You fall in line of a lot of unbelievable captains in Toronto Rock history. You look up and down the line with guys like Jimmy V and, and Patty Coyle and Josh Sanderson and Colin Doyle, uh, Brody Merrill. You hear those names, and then you got Challen Rogers uh, lumped in there. That's That's got to be – I mean, it's got to make you feel pretty proud. It's got to be a little overwhelming at, at some points too when you think about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, when I was first – uh, asked to be the captain it was it came to kind of a surprise to me because um you know I, w- I wasn't expecting it at all and uh um you know I think I grew up watching Law on the floor weekly so uh you know I, I got familiar with the Toronto Rock guys and um you know like you said the list is is you know there's legends all over that list and um you know if I can come close to one of those one of those guys it'd, it'd be It'd be unreal, but, um, you know, it's an absolute honor to, to wear the C for, for one of the best lacrosse organizations out there. And, and what have you learned from, like, Brody Merrill, your captain last year? What, what did you learn from a guy like Brody? Yeah, I mean, you see how Brody went out there and played every game and, and how he prepared. Um, I was lucky enough to play with him in Boston as well, and so I really got to get familiar with him and um, – you know, he, he's a guy that went out there and, and worked his, his butt off every time. And, um, you know, he, he was definitely a guy I learned a lot from. Now, the Rock did something a little unusual this year in having two different sets of assistants, one for on at home, one for on the road. How does that dynamic work? And, you know, I guess how does the leadership uh, structure work within the team? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Robbie, Tommy, uh, Brad, and, and Billy, they're, they're all great leaders. And, um, you know, I think we all just kind of, we all do our little part and, uh, helping this team and, and trying to get, get us where we want to, to go. Um, but you know, we, we talk quite a bit and, um, we're, we're a collective group, uh, you know, and, um, anything we can do to, to help out one another and, and get us to where we need to be is, is what we're going to do. Speaking with Challen Rogers, the captain of the Toronto Rock here in Lacrosse Classified. Uh, speaking of getting to where you want to go, probably took you a little longer to get there than you wanted. A bit of a slow start out of the gate in Buffalo, and and had to wait a week for the season to start. And I'm not sure if that had anything to do with the slow start or not, Challen. But uh, you guys end up pulling that one out late, 17-12 over the Bandits. Uh, Got to feel good to not only get your first win under your belt, but to do it on the road and to do it against uh, one of your arch rivals in Buffalo. Just talk about that game uh, against the Bandits. Yeah. Um, I mean, Buffalo is one of those places, especially with them being uh, such a big rival of ours. That, um, it's, a, it's a tough place to play. They're loud and um, they're up in your face. And, uh, you know, Buffalo, the Bandits are, are a team that thrive off that. And, um, you know, Obviously, the slow start wasn't was wasn't what we had planned, but um, you know to face that adversity early and and uh, you know not worry about it too much, just settle in and and get to our game plan and play the game we ultimately wanted to play. It's it's um, it's it was nice to to see how our team kind of bounced back there and and come out with it. And when, from my perspective, when I was looking back at the game a second time, 
in those opening three goals, they got three of those four off of rebounds. And then it seemed after that you were starting to get that inside position and shutting that off, and that's really what kind of dried up their goal scoring. Is that the adjustment that was made, or is there something else more to that? Yeah, no, they, they're a team that crashes the net, and um, especially with, with Hogarth there. Uh, you know, he was getting in pretty pretty tight on our net and getting loose balls that, uh, you know, he shouldn't have been getting. Um, like you said, that was an adjustment we had to make, and, and once we did that, you kind of saw that we settled in and, and uh, they weren't getting those chances as much. Speaking with Challen Rogers, um, you were named MVP of, of Major Series Lacrosse for the Oakville Rock. You're starting to, to get into the conversation of one of the best transition players in the game right now. Still a young guy, Challen, but uh, it seems to me like now you have a lot more confidence when you're heading up the floor to look for your shot to get some goals, to create some offense, and to stay out there and play a shift of offense um, if if the occasion calls for it. Has Matty Sawyer kind of instilled that confidence in you, or is that something that you've developed over the last year and a half, two years in yourself? Uh, you know, I, I think a little bit of both. Um, after my first year in the league, it was something that we talked about that I, I should be doing a lot more of, and, and that's shooting. Um and, you know, last year, I think with every game, I, I got more confidence, um, not only with my shot, but how I was playing. And, um, you know, I think that comes from Maddie and the coaching staff and, and their confidence and belief in me to, to do what I can and make the right decision. Um, and, you know, I, getting the opportunity in the summer to, to stay and play a little bit more on O just because of injuries, um, you know, I think that also helped, uh, you know, just – not only building confidence, but, um, <clears throat> you know, helping me learn a little bit more on the offensive offensive end. And one of the keys to the transition, in my mind, is Nick Rose. Because Rose, you got a goaltender similar to Del Bianco and to Ward, where he can get that ball up the floor quickly. How much of a role does he play in your ability to push the ball? Uh, he plays the biggest role, I would say. Um, you know, if, if he's not making the saves, then, uh, you know, we're not getting the chances going up the floor. Um, Rosie's a guy, like you said, he can, he can get the ball out quick and you can get it on your, to your stick, uh, exactly where you need to be in stride. So, um, you know, he's, he's the backbone of this team and, um, you know, a lot of our energy and, and uh, <clears throat> things we want to do moving forward um, come from him. Speaking with Challen Rogers, and, and you mentioned the leadership group, and one of those guys in that leadership group, Challen, is, is Billy Hostrauser. And I don't know if there's a guy in the league or definitely not on Toronto that enjoys playing the game as much as Billy. And, and the improvements that he has made in his game over the last couple of seasons, you could just see the – the smile on his face when he put one into the back of the goal. Uh, tell me what Billy means to the Toronto Rock because he seems like he's really kind of the heartbeat and heart and soul of that defense. Absolutely, uh, you know I couldn't really say it better myself. <clears throat> he was uh, he was my roommate um, my uh, rookie year, so I got the chance to really get to know him and and what he's all about. And he's a guy that just comes to comes to play every day and and just works his works his butt off. Um, and he's, he's just one of those guys that, you know, leads by example and, and, you know, he, he really is the heart, not only the heart and soul of the defense, but you know, the heart and soul of the team. So we like to have a little bit of fun here on lacrosse class right from time to time. And 
Nick Rose likes to be a prankster on social media from time to time. And last year, he must have posted this video about 10 times of you dancing around the dressing room in your underwear, just strutting your stuff. Yeah. (laughs) What the heck was that? And is there a modeling underwear modeling career in line for Shallon Rogers? (laughs) Uh, You know, I I don't know about the the underwear modeling. Uh, I think I'd need the face for it. But... um, that's yeah, the, that's no. the thing with underwear modeling, though, Chellen. You don't need a face for it. They're just looking at your underwear, man. There you go. Uh, you know, I guess we'll see in the future, but I can't see that being being the case. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's single ladies. I guess it was a song that was playing, and uh, you know, it gets the juices flowing. So um, <laughs> you can't help but I've probably seen that music video a few times, and. To say that I haven't practiced a dance would be, you know, that, let's say, a lie. But. That would be a lie. You had the steps down to that video uh, to a T, man. Uh, and is that is that really is that really just kind of part of your personality a little bit, Alan? Are you a guy that likes to keep things loose and, and have a little fun in the dressing room with the boys? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I used to get in trouble all the time from um, you know my coaches growing up. Especially, you know, Neil Dinsdale, he'd always get mad at me for smiling too much. So um, I like to keep things loose, but, you know, when when we're when we're getting prepared and when we need to be uh, ready to go, then that's when that's when things need to change. All right, Sean. Well, you got the Georgia Swarm coming into Toronto this weekend. Uh, best of luck there and then have a, a safe and a happy New Year, and thanks for coming on uh, the podcast. We'll be checking you out uh, wearing that C for the Toronto Rock coming this weekend. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Challen Rogers of the Toronto Rock, the youngest captain in the National Lacrosse League. But listen, Evan, I don't think it's too big of a deal for this kid. I think he's a born leader, and he's going to be around that franchise for a long, long time, and I think Jamie Dowick picked the right guy. That's exactly it. He's going to be there. I think he's not a free agent for seven years. So you're going to have a long-term career there. Um, if, so if you're going to build a leader, it's it's a good time to build a leader for that franchise. Absolutely. we got to get to break. And on the other side, we got Tyson Geik of NLL Flash coming up. Stay with us right here on Lacrosse Classified. We're back after this. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Lyle Thompson, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Officers. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Thanks to our friends at Pure Vital Labs. Anything else would be unsportsmanlike. We're going to have a PVL athlete back on next week as well. Callum Crawford, uh, I'm hoping to line up showtime next week. Make sure you visit PVL, Pure Vital Labs at pvl.com or their social media at Pure Vital Labs. Big thanks to them for sponsoring the show. Now, joining the program from NLL Flash, my man Tyson Geik, back in Ontario for the holidays, but now working out here on the west coast of British Columbia. Kind of weird that 
Challenge from BC. He's in Ontario. You're from Ontario, but work in BC, but you're both in Ontario right now. Tyson Geik, we know one thing. You're on the show right now. Thanks for joining us here on the Cross Classified. Uh, thank you for having me, gentlemen. I uh, want to say that I really appreciate the hard work that's gone into Lacrosse Classified, and you know, you, you guys have both found a way to, to continue to do something great and educate fans out there, and it, that's awesome to see as a lacrosse fan. Well, I appreciate that, and we can say right back at you, man, because you've started up a little new project uh, on your own here, and fans have taken to it big time. I'm getting tons of good feedback, as I'm sure you are as well. NOL Flash, uh, why don't we start there? Tell us about that and uh, what you have in mind and what's going to happen as we move along here through the season. Sure. You know what? We we have so many great analysts across the National Lacrosse League who are so passionate about the game and they they have a lot to add. And they're they're great educators for those out there. Uh, And I think that the league just needs a platform like this and people need some place to go to, to listen to analysis like this so i wanted to create the platform i wanted to bring the best analysts together who um, have dedicated so much of their time to the national lacrosse league and at the end of the day it's all about growing the sport and growing the game and um that's what i want to do with this this project i would like to have more people on board throughout the course of the season uh offer you know a little bit some more hot takes and just insider analysis and um things that maybe we couldn't have said in the past uh, on other programs. I, I want this to become a bit more of a NLL network where, you know, the, the breaking news is coming through or you're hearing things that you might not hear anywhere else. Um, we're stepping up and, and we're providing that analysis and becoming a trusted source. And that's where people want to come for their information. And one of the other great things about NLL Flash is, you know, unlike a podcast like what we run, not every fan has an hour, hour and a half to listen to something like this. You can get your analysis down in three, four minutes, and the fan can really concentrate hard on a few facts that quickly. Exactly. That's part of it, right? Attention spans are a little bit lower, and we definitely learned that with um, with NLL Productions in the past, just seeing people's um, – just you know the, the time spent watching videos when they're tuning in when they're tuning out um and, and what had them hooked and stuff like that so um you know in my model I, i've got three questions that i ask to a certain uh analyst every week and I, I think it's it's the best way you tackle three hot points and you get in you get out but um there's no shortage still of that good information that, that people want to sit there and, and watch and it offers something that's a little bit visual too i wanted to up, up the production value with proper transition and um you know proper sounds and eventually i'd like to integrate more video uh, for these productions as well so they are you can see what what these analysts are talking about and and just i can really demonstrate that in in the production speaking of visuals as we speak with tyson geik uh, a little bone to pick with you i tried to set up my laptop last week so i got my beautiful christmas tree in the shot (laughs) What does Tyson do? He zooms like right up on my face and then cuts my tree out of the shot because he wanted to center me on the screen. So I guess I learned a little something. Maybe you learned a little something there. And then yesterday I was, you know, searching through the internet, uh, trying to come up with some pictures here to kind of post on Instagram about who the guests were going to be on the show. Tyson right now, if you don't know this, Evan, has a sponsored photo up on Instagram of himself. I refused to use that one. So I found another one. It was a little lower resolution. I took some heat on uh, the old IG about that. So I apologize about that. (laughs) 
Uh, oh, we'll get them next time, Jumbo. Yeah, there's always room for improvement. Let's say that. Uh, well, a couple of weeks in the books here, Tyson, uh, through the National Lacrosse League. What uh, What's kind of excited you? Maybe something that's disappointing to you through two weeks of NLL lacrosse? Man, disappointing. I, I have to look to the Calgary Roughnecks just not getting a deal signed with Curtis Dixon and uh, and West Berg at the moment. Two great players in this league. Dixon, personally, one of my favorites to watch in the game. And I think that the Calgary Roughnecks can really uh, take a run at that Western title. And that just makes the game so much more exciting, seeing someone with the opportunity to take off a, a team like the Saskatchewan Rush. So um, it, it, is, it is difficult to watch that right now. And you want to see players like that in the game. And it's unfortunate that these contract issues are, are keeping them out at the moment. Um, you know, that, I, I think that that kind of stinks. Um, but I, I like the moves that have been made. Um, Philadelphia looking great in, in their um, initial inaugural game, I guess you could say. And, and same deal with, with Vancouver. I like the, the game presentation. I think the fans will start to come. It was a bit of a difficult time uh, just being so close to Christmas with that home opener. But, um, you know, that, that's really going to develop in in downtown Vancouver. And then you got the Seals, who they had a great game against the uh, Colorado Mammoth. I was really impressed with them from top to bottom. I didn't expect that. And I think that's going to mean good things for them going back home, uh, generating that excitement and, and going to play um, down at, uh, at Valley View when they, they open uh, in their home opener there. Now, one of the things you tweeted out this week is, and this is something that you've had going back to your days in NLL, is mm-hmm. big team guys. And <laughs> that you're going to get t-shirts made up for everybody in the big team guys yeah. club. Who is at the top of your list in the big team guys club? Smokey oh. Patty's number one, right? I mean, he's got to be number one. Yeah, I, I mean, big team guys originated with, I think the first time that I said it was with Stephen Keogh. And... And then it just didn't stop. I can find that video. We just went back and forth. Big team guy, big team guy, big team. And we didn't even know we were doing it. We were like, we were almost hypnotized. Right. And, and, uh, and docking was sitting between us and she's like, are you guys done yet? Like what is going on? So then big, big team guy was born. So I think, you know, Stevie Keogh probably at the top of that list, but I could, I could list, uh, you know, a lot of other big team guys across, across the league. I think, um, Nick Mikey Rose Poulin. would be a big team guy. Mikey Poole. Yeah. Mikey Poole and Nick Rose, a couple tendies in there. Logan Shass um, would be a big team guy. I would think. Oh, look, yeah. Real big team guy for sure. You got, um, yeah. <laughs> real big team guy. Real big team. <laughs> Ryan Benash, big team guy, you yeah. know, like all, all these guys, they're, they're in need of some, uh, some t-shirts i think we're gonna have to roll this out very soon no honestly dude like i i think if you if you made up some shirts or hoodies or whatever with hashtag big team guy like those things would sell like hotcakes man i'd buy one i think you know what in the new year like 2019 get get ready for those off the press patent pending people well, what I actually want is one of those old smoking patty t-shirts you got to get me one of those things it's so hilarious uh, yeah, I can. I've got. I've, got, I've held on to mine. I, I thought I, I would have lost it by now, but no, that, that thing's still going strong. It's in my uh, in my place out in in British Columbia right now. So that one, that's a, a two of a kind shirt. Ashley's got one too, but uh, we're, we might have to get some of those made. So I, I don't know if we 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 join a little big team guy team here, 
uh, Evan and Jumbo. But I, I think so. I'm on board. Yeah. I'm a big team guy myself. Oh, yeah. So uh, count, us, yeah. count us in here on Lacrosse Classified. As we speak with Tyson Geik of the NLL Flash, uh, before we let you go, a couple more minutes here with Tyson. Um, a lot of games on the docket uh, coming up here in week three. You got your eye on one or two that uh, you think is going to be must-see lacrosse viewing? Oh, uh, well, anytime the Saskatchewan Rush, you know, gets set for a game, you're always expecting, like, what can we expect from this team? And usually, like, it's no-brainer. This team's so good. But, you know, just how hot are they going to come out of the gate? It's... um, they're playing a team like New England, who um, is without a guy like Kevin Crowley at the moment. <laughs> they're they're in a difficult spot, and you know Sask loves to blow out the Black Wolves early on. So that's going to be a real real interesting one uh, to watch over there as well. Um, I, I will see. I'll be interested to see how uh, Buffalo bounces back against Vancouver and how Vancouver bounces back against Buffalo. Yeah. I think a bit of a disappointing effort for either team in their last games. No, that's a good point. And, and they're going to want to come back, both teams strong. I mean, you know, this is a short season and, and the change of the playoff format has opened things up for some teams in, in certain ways, but at the same time, you know, every game counts and um, you don't want to be looking back to early in the season saying, you know, damn, we should have had that one. Um if we did, we would have been in the, in the postseason, and that's what it can come down to is what we saw last year. I'll tell you one segment I would love to see you do going forward is yep. versus. And I don't know if the league would let you have that one back, but, you know, I couldn't, didn't realize how much I missed it until we went a couple of weeks this season without it. Yeah, you know what? I think I think the, the format of versus, I would change it up just a little bit as you I was know, not say. week one. Not week one play versus week two, but we did the two best plays from week one, and then every play moves on, and at the end we have a bracket. But I think you got to have you got to have like a three time or like a five time champion because you know Tyson when like a Lyle Thompson or a Miles Thompson or somebody super popular gets in there, even though the play might not be as great as somebody else's, they're going to keep yeah. voting for that. So I think you got to kind of cap it at like you know a three time or a five time, and then move them into like the the champions circle or the champions bracket. So when you right. make well, that yeah, bracket, yeah, you know, we can work on that uh, as we move along through the season. But I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, you know, week one, the two best plays, they a champions crowned. Week two, two best plays, champions crowned, and then they all go down until you know week twenty two okay. or whatever, and we have a huge bracket. I, I can dig, work. I can totally dig that, uh, Tyson. Uh, I know you're making your way back. To yeah. BC before uh, New Year's here, man. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you got lots of presents from Santa Claus and, and the family. And uh, have a happy and safe New Year's. And uh, we'll talk to you in 2019, my friend. Yeah, happy New Year to you too and as well. And thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Uh, hey, real quick. Mm. How heated did that Junior A debate get the other day? Oh, that was good. I, I, I got I to gotta give it to you here a little bit, though, Tyson, because like you, you, you put your four things out. Maybe you rushed into that a little bit without giving it a full kind of process to, to figure out who the best four teams were because you came back and you started adding in more teams, and I thought it kind of lost its luster there a little bit. You got to stand pat, man. You got to make your decisions and then stick with it. You can't be like throwing in teams as you move along just because guys are coming up with good suggestions. You know what I'm Fair saying? Enough. Yeah. And it's 
it's tough to compare eras, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like, if, you know, if you're throwing up against a team who now these guys are training year round and they're going up against a team from the seventies, sure. I think it's going to look a little bit different. So well, you could have another, you could have like another champions bracket, right? You could do this oh, there you go. over and over and have like the four best winners and then square them off. Well, we got so, lots to talk so, about. We'll do that when we're not actually recording the podcast here, Tyson. We'll do that like another time. Deal. One thing I have to say is that I would have added in the 07 arrows. That was my mistake. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely worthy of being on that list. Tyson Geik of the NLL Flash. Thanks for joining us, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. There he is, Seven uh, Tyson. He's I miss him uh, NLL Productions, but the man is not going away. He's kind of sparked up this new project that he's got. Uh, I I did a hit with him last week. It was a lot of fun, and the fans love it, man. They they were they were all over the NLL Flash when he put that out there. No, it was absolutely phenomenal. Video quality is great, um, and the other thing that really is there is that it goes to show this brotherhood and sisterhood that are amongst the media. That, you know, people are like, do you talk to one another or is it a competition? It's not really a competition. We talk to one another all the time and we go to support one another. And you saw in those first few opening weeks just how many people went to support Tyson just like he would for us. Absolutely, man. Couldn't say it any better than that, Evan. Uh, A massive slate of games in week three to break down. We'll have to do it quickly. As we're running short on time here in Lacrosse Classified here on Episode 7. We've already cranked out seven of these things, Evan. It's kind of hard to believe. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back to break down Week 3 in the National Lacrosse League right after this. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Uh, and a big thanks to Associated Labels and Packaging. My man, Sean Ashworth, Tosh Nishimura, the good folks at Associated Labels and Packaging. They create first impressions. That's what they do there. And you can find them online at associated-labels.com or their social media at Associated LP, as in Labels and Packaging. You need a label, you need a package. They're the best in the business. It's Associated Labels and Packaging. Make sure you're using those guys for all your labels and packaging needs. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you here. Uh, another quick segment to go on Lacrosse Classified before we get you on your way here on a boxing day. Five. Count them up, Evan. Five games on the NLL docket here for week three. Four Friday games and one Saturday game, which kind of sucks to be honest with you I'm, I'm pumped that there's five games but three of them are on at the same time but on the flip side of that like you they have to go with what they have as far as arena availability goes and listen like the nhl plays tons of games at the same time mind you they have a few more teams but regardless it is what it is uh so let's go through these quickly because i am up four two to your three three in our weekly picks here and i Hope to extend my lead here after week three. Let's see how we do. <laughs> Saskatchewan, New England, up first. Uh, as much as it's a bit of a tough road trip for the rush, you got to take the rush. They're still the best team in the league. Picking against them at this stage would be silly. 
I concur. No Kevin Crowley in that lineup as well. Got to go with the rush. And speaking of the rush, Evan, I know uh, you wanted to get something in quickly about Rush TV and, and a tribute that's uh, going to be airing uh, to our late great friend Casey Guerin. Yeah, on uh, Saturday it's at 10 a.m. If you're in Saskatchewan, Global TV in both Regina and Saskatoon. Um, I've seen the clip in advance. So it was literally in tears, um, even though I'm one of the people being interviewed on it. Uh, it's still never easy to to remember Casey, um, you know, and just how great he grew the game here. So 10 a.m. Saturday, Global TV in Saskatoon, Regina. If you're not in the Saskatchewan market, Daniela Ponicelli, who's produced this, has told me that she's going to be posting it online on Monday so you everybody can see the uh, Casey Memorial. Awesome. We'll look forward to that. And uh, rest in peace, my friend Casey Guerin. I miss you all the time. Um, game number two, and maybe the most intriguing of the week. I'd say it's probably a toss-up between that and, and another game that will come up later that we'll talk about here in a minute. But Georgia Swarm, 1-0. Toronto Rock, 1-0. This game being played in Toronto. Evan Scheminar, who you got? I'm taking the Swarm. And as much as it's in Toronto, home teams are 1-5 at this stage in the season. So throw that uh, angle out the window. Swarm are the better team in my mind. I think they take this one. Okay, so you got the Rush. I got the Rush. You got the Swarm. And just for the sake of fun, I'm going to take Toronto. Because they did me, they did me well last week, and I'm not going back uh, on a team that got me a win last week. So I'm taking Toronto at home over Georgia. Game number three, Vancouver and Buffalo. Uh, safe to say you're taking the Bandits in this one, Evan. Safe to say I'm taking the Bandits, and the over/under in this game should be around 32. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might not be far off on that. Uh, we might have to give you a bonus half point if uh, are, you, are you taking the over or the under at thirty-two? Oh God! <laughs> when you set the line, you set it on a fair stage. It, it could go over. Yeah. Well, you got to pick. Are you going over or are you going under thirty-two? We're setting the line at thirty-two. Oh God! I'll go slightly under. One thing is thirty-one. Like literally. <laughs> okay, I'll take over. We're both taking the bandits. Game number four, and this this is the other game I was talking about being intriguing. Calgary one and one, San Diego one and zero as they play their second road game, their second game in franchise history. We still don't know the health of Jesse King. We still don't know the contract situations of Curtis Dixon and Westberg, and we don't know why Tyson Bell was not in the lineup in Vancouver as well. With all that being said, big Frankie Shiliano going back into Calgary at the Saddle Dome. Who are you taking between the Seals and the Roughnecks? I'm going to take the Roughnecks. That wasn't as easy as I thought it would be because of those holdouts and the fact that Shiliano played very well in that opener. Um, but I'm going to take the Roughnecks, just uh, a more experienced team as a unit. Okay, I'm taking the Seals just because you're taking the Roughnecks, and I want to extend my lead on you. I think that's an opportunity there to get a two-game lead on you if I take the Seals, so that is my rationale. See if Austin Stotts can back up his nine-point performance, and I think Frankie Shiliano will... Be pretty motivated to take on his uh, Calgary Roughnecks. I know he and Christian Del Bianco have a, a real good relationship, kind of a father-son thing, if you will. They're, they're always kind of tweeting back at each other with dad and son. I don't know what's going on there. Anyways, I'm taking the San Diego Seals to go 2-0 out of the gates after that first week performance after watching them. This team, 
is not an expansion team. This team does not look like an expansion team. This team is going to get their fair share of wins this year. And I think with the depleted Calgary lineup, they have a chance to go 2-0 and out of the gates. I'm taking the Seals. Our final game, the Winks, 0-1, taking on the 0-0 Rochester Nighthawks, who are in the Easter or who are in the NLL Cup final a year ago. But some changes there. No more Matt Vince in goal. And... Uh, who you got between Philly, who's on the road at Blue Cross Arena to take on the Nighthawks? I'll take the Nighthawks. Uh, I think a more experienced defense will give the Wings a lot of trouble. Angus Goodleaf is going to get a chance to be a number one guy here. I think he's ready for that challenge. He's been waiting a long time for that opportunity. And with the face up, I'm like, I can't wait. <laughs> and I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I cannot no. wait to watch the face off matchup between Trevor Baptiste and Jake Withers. When Philadelphia and Rochester hook up, that is going to be fun to watch. I'm taking the Cahawks too, just because you took the Cahawks. And if we both get it wrong, then so be it. If we both get it right, so be it. Well, maybe the half point should be who gets more face off wins, Baptiste or Withers. Mm, I, we can't get into half points, man, because that, that would just muddy the waters way too much if we do that. Okay, so we both got the Rush. We both got the Bandits. We both got the Nighthawks. You're taking the Swarm. I'm taking the Rock. You're taking the Roughnecks. I'm taking the Seals. Hope you got all that written down, Evan, because you're the man keeping track of our weekly picks. That is going to wrap things up here for Lacrosse Classified on episode number seven here on Boxing Day. We will be back, and we are going to crank out a show for you on New Year's Day. So the next time you hear our voices here on Lacrosse Classified will be next year. But don't worry, because that's only a week from now. And we're going to have some big news to deliver on next week's episode as well, as I'll throw a little tease your way. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but for now, we got to get out of here for Tyson Geik. For Challenge Rogers, thanks for coming on the show. For you, the listener, thanks, as always, for being a loyal listener and checking out Lacrosse Classified. A big, big thanks to our sponsors, of course, Extreme Threads, Associated Labels and Packaging, and Pure Vita Labs. We'll be back next week. New Year's Day will be our next episode. But for now, we are out of here. For Emin Schemenauer, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two... Oh, by the way, don't forget, you can follow the show at Lax Class. You can follow Evan at Shamblax and myself at PXP for Sports. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google, SoundCloud. Do it all. And then check our social media channels each week for the show being released and for all the latest information. All right, now we're out of here for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, have a good one, everybody. <laughs>